The following program is brought to you by Podcast One Sportsnet. Don't forget to download our new Podcast One app. Oh, what a college football pod. Just got done taping. A lot of picks in there, man. And I actually uh, pressed the green button against Fazzy Wazzy again. <laughs> He's a little punch drunk. We'll see what happens. If you like the picks, NCAA football obviously is raging. Bet DSI is a place to consider. 20 years online, great reputation for service, for fast payment. And if you want to get some extra bang for your buck, and who wouldn't want that, with this special offer, got to use the code. The code is BELL101, B-E-L-L-101. You can double your money on your first deposit. No fine print, no shenanigans. Yeah, got to turn it over and all that, like any deposit. You make your bet. You bet it through a few times. But once you do, it's yours. So it's like winning that first bet. And it's not like I'll put 100 and get 200. And that's fine if you do. But if you put in 1,000, you get 2,000. Put in 2,000, you get four. All the way up to $2,500. It's actually better than a sure bet. A sure bet, you don't even double your money because you got to pay that VIG. You got to lay the VIG. Right? A thousand wins you less than a thousand on a sure bet. There are no sure bets. Here, it's sure and you actually double your money. Just go to betdsi.com, use promo code BELL101, double your bankroll before you make your first bet, and go from there. BELL101. And not only is like money in your pocket, but it's also, if you think about it, it gives you more more bullets in the gun. We want to play. We're gamblers. And if you can double that money right off the go, you got more more bullets in the gun. BetDSI.com. Special promo code BELL101. Here comes the show. Welcome to RJ Bell's Dream Preview. Weekly winners from his Wise Guy Roundtable. Broadcasting from the pregame.com studios in Las Vegas. Here is R.J. Bell. That's right. Week number eight, college football with my Wise Guy Roundtable. To my left, with all the college knowledge, Brad Powers. To my right, Steve Fezzik. He has a mansion and a yacht. Ken Thompson out this week. I'm R.J. Bell. Guys, this happens now and again. We have Fezzik's best bet is a crossfire between Brad and Fezzik. Auto, $500 bet, guaranteed. Already in the uh, chamber, in the chamber, ready to fire. Should be a good one. And we got all the big games, plus Dave Esler's expert information. First, though, we start the shows now. You know about the green button. We start the shows with a little update on how everyone did last week because it sets the stage for this week. Hi, I'm Brad Powers, and I lost $100. Hi, I'm Steve Fezzik. I was foolish enough to go all in on the Georgia Bulldogs. I netted a minus $400. <laughs> I'm RJ. I win $400. $400. All right. Let's keep more of the same going. How are you guys feeling 
all joking aside, that I'm able to come in college <laughs> and just pluck out, pluck, pluck off the the value position. I mean, let's think about this a second. I had under Alabama yep. against Ken. How much did that go under? Like 30 points? Close to it, yeah. Okay, so if someone had like a 28-point tease against me, they would have lost. Yep. And we and I had <laughs> LSU against Georgia. How much did LSU cover by? They covered by 27. So literally I made I sat back, watched the pros. <laughs> I made two bets and I had my net margin in two games was 60 points against the Vegas spread. <laughs> I mean, let Faz, you just take a minute and comment. You said take a minute. Yeah. Oh, well, <laughs> just 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 tell a little truth. Short term sample. Let's see where it goes from here. Let's see what Stephen A. has to say. Talking about the great one, R.J. Bell. I agree with Stephen A. What do you think, Brad? Yeah, I would agree with the great one. You know, I actually got to agree with the great one also, and, and and it really goes to show you don't need to know all the players. Oftentimes the ability to be able to be given the information and determine what's valid and what's kind of goofy, maybe even bananas distinguishes <laughs> between a winning and a losing sports better. Let's hear what Doug Gottlieb has to say. RJ Bell from pregame.com, Fox sports radio. He knows all the lines, knows all the numbers, knows all the trends. All right. So I think we're all in agreement. It was a stunning, beautiful that is freaking gorgeous. <laughs> Performance. Time to move on. Showtime! Woo! All right, guys. First game, Penn State, Indiana. Penn State on the road, favored by 14. Brad, you lean Penn State. I lean on Penn State because they could go diff- two different ways here. You could look at a Penn State team that's looking to take their frustrations out after a couple of last-second losses at home to Ohio State Michigan State looking for a weaker opponent. Obviously, Indiana is the case here. Uh, th- I lean with Penn State just because it's more of a play against Indiana. I mean, Indiana was absolutely annihilated at home against Iowa last week. If you can't stop Iowa offensively, how are you going to stop this Penn State offense? Lean on the Nittany Lions. Okay, so... I tweeted out this week at RJ in Vegas about an interesting stat with Penn State. You go back to 2016, October 1. Penn State's 24-5 and straight up. Really good. 21-6-2 and against the spread. Really good. Those five straight up losses, though, by four points, one point, three point, one point, three point. Mm. So 12 points combined, they've lost by in over two years so almost two full seasons imagine if they had it's one fluky play to their advantage in each of those games and especially the the one and three pointers one field goal i mean how is it even conceivable that penn state wouldn't have lost in the last two years i mean imagine if penn state had won you know like 28 straight games like we're not that far from it yep so does it now here's the question now, obviously, if they had gone undefeated, they would have had to play in Alabama, you know, Georgia in the playoffs, and that might have been a different story. But they played some tough bowl games, all right? Yep. So the question is, does that make us like Penn State more? Saying, hey, close losses, coin flips could have went either way. Or does it make us like them less because this is a team 
that watching those games anecdotally, it feels like the Franklin's not a great late game tactician. I'm more on the James Franklin isn't a late game great tactician. And I thought it was a surprising article that ESPN did in the offseason. They talked to a lot of anonymous offensive corners, defensive corners, and head coaches. And the name that came up as the most overrated head coach, James Franklin, Penn State. And Brad, you were talking about it for a long time about they were one bad game away from Franklin likely being fired by Penn State. Yeah, so basically his first couple of years, he inherited a kind of a tough spot there with all the sanctions and stuff that was going on, the scholarship restrictions from the end of the Joe Pa era. But basically a 500 coach, first two and a half, three years, blown out against Michigan, and that critical game was against the Buckeyes where Penn State was basically a three-touchdown underdog in that game, and we're getting beat by double digits until a couple of fluky plays. They win the game, and that's when that game started as far as their run here for the last two years. Okay, Fez, Penn State minus 14. Indiana, your leaner light. I like Indiana here, and it is all about a fade of Penn State. We talk about the dream crusher. I can't imagine a bigger (laughs) crushed dream team than this team that almost beats the Ohio State University at home in a whiteout but fails on the final drive. They almost beat Michigan State at home but fail in another close game. Those Two losses basically put them out of the running of what their preseason goals and even expectations were, and I see them coming up flat at Indiana here. What was Penn State's dream? Win the Big Ten, go to the Final Four. And if they had won this prior game, uh, they just lost against Michigan State. What was their path to win the Big Ten? Mm. Needed Ohio State to lose two games. What odds would you put on that? One in three. You think, hold on a second. So you'll take that bet now? No, one and four. Jeez. <laughs> oh, you want to reevaluate? I don't want the green button push. <laughs> so wait, hold on a second. What's Ohio State's toughest games, right? They're six over Michigan now, right? Yep, six over Michigan now. Uh, the other tough game would be at Michigan State, where they're probably anywhere from seven to 10 point favorites, probably more than seven. So you think they lose both of those games before the Big Ten title? Conference championship game. Very unlikely, but it's still a but viable is it very path. Unlikely, or is it four to one? Because four to one is twenty percent. It's probably more like seven to one. <laughs> okay, so what's the dream? Well, the Penn State could still have gone gone to a major bowl game. Got so eleven like and vague, one. That seems like a vague dream. But it was still possible for them. They to can't win the with Big two. Ten. They can't. They can't with two. It, possible. It feels like there might be a little bit of a, a multiplier effect. You have a close loss. You have another one. Forget about it. It's almost like your car gets towed and someone broke your window in your house. One or the other you could deal with. Both of them stresses you out. Right? So I think there's some true, you know, overly stresses you. I think there's some truth to what you're saying. But the classic dream crusher is you know the dream, you lose the game, the dream's over. It's hard to go to work the next morning. And it's certainly over here. Any clo- Brad, we're going to be leaning on your deep knowledge. Any closing thoughts in this game? Yeah, the same thing happened to them a year ago, Penn State. They lost a close game to the Buckeyes, lost a close game the following week to Michigan State. What did Penn State do? Ah, just won. Pretty much covered the rest of their games. We ended up going to the Fiesta Bowl, beat up on Washington. So this is a team that was in the exact same similar spot last year and actually performed quite well in it. Hmm. But it's one thing to recover at some point during the year. It's another thing to recover the very next week as a two-touchdown favorite. Good call. 
But it, they did cut right after immediately after losing to Ohio State, Michigan State last year. They put one on. I know it's Rutgers, but obviously Indiana, a little bit higher class. But it was like a forty to nothing game last year. Next game, LSU. Help me. Hold on a second. I don't know if you guys can. <laughs> I don't know if you guys can hear this. These are I call him Benny. <laughs> My buddy Benny. I love hundreds. Brad, you, what are you doing, Fez? You're just ripping up like a printer paper trying to act like you got money. What were you, what were you trying to do? I don't Hold know. on. That's interesting. Can you tell the difference between this or you hear that? Hear that's the Ameri- cloth that's, that's money. A, that's American money, baby. <laughs> All right. <laughs> Next game, LSU favored by six and a half at home against Mississippi State. Boy, this is a lopsided back game so far. Tuesday taping late afternoon in Las Vegas. 92% of the cash, 89% of the tickets, the bets on LSU. Brad, you lean. Well, let me tell you why it's lopsided for LSU. Let's talk Freddie Fanny Pack here. Boy, you just see LSU, they crushed Georgia by 20. Are you kidding me? Now they're playing Mississippi State. Mississippi State lost Kentucky and Florida at home. They're only laying six and a half. You beat Georgia by 20, and you can beat Mississippi State by at least a touchdown. I'm taking the Tigers. Go Tigers. That's a hell of a handicap. (laughs) I mean, I'm going to have trouble disagreeing with that, to be honest with you. Now, let's be candid. I love your new character. He can't be Freddie Fitt. He's got to have someone with straw in his teeth. Come up with something. Don't don't worry about it now. But (laughs) didn't you do the same thing about LSU one other time? Like, at what point, this is what I don't get about pros. We always say you got to be egotistical to lay 110 against the world. But you also got to be humble because you got to learn every day. But there's something about the media being... Uh, you know, with our six figures of listeners on the Dream Preview, and and also on Straight Out of Vegas, it feels like you guys are getting your manhood wrapped up in some of these takes. Like, what could LSU do to impress you? Oh, they have. It's just the the spot isn't good for LSU. I was, a, but but hold on a second. You were just making week. fun of the guy with straw on his teeth. Yeah, because but it sounds like he was pretty right. They they have been mighty impressive. They have as an underdog, as a favorite. When well, they don't, but they're winning the these games. Doesn't matter what the line would be, they yeah. would still win. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, let's start there. What, Brad? What? were you wrong about with LSU? What was everyone wrong about? You weren't on some island. All the wise guys were like, LSU's not as good as they, you know, their record. I think we underestimated uh, the transfer. Joe Burrow at quarterback's the best quarterback uh, LSU's had in maybe a decade, maybe even better than Zach Mettenberger. I know he didn't perform well at the NFL, but he was a solid college quarterback. LSU has not seen this type of quarterback play in at least 10 years. And did you not know that before this most recent game? Hmm, that's a good point. Well, here's the thing with Joe Burrow. He's completing only 50% of his passes. The analytics say he doesn't pass the eye. He, he doesn't pass the analytics test, but the eye test, seeing him command of the huddle, seeing him you know, rip off a 40-yard run on a third and 10 when LSU desperately needs it, fitting it in a tight window. The eye test says it, but the overall stats don't, don't necessarily. 
And I read some of those analytics analysis of Joe Burrow, and it said that his performance was unsustainable in terms of, I don't have the exact statistics, but passes that were covered, the defender was in within one yard of the receiver. Apparently, one out of seven of those or so get intercepted, and Burrow has not been throwing interceptions. And I read some long a long article about how he would be getting intercepted going forward. It was just a matter of time, and I figured against a Georgia team with that athleticism that that was going to happen it didn't burrow was masterful and you were wrong very <laughs> very wrong speaking of that is georgia on our list today no no georgia they're on a buy okay so what was the i mean we were saying brad you had georgia number yep. two and i was saying what do we really know about this we team? didn't know anything and that was the major takeaway georgia hadn't played a single top 20 team got punched in their mouth early and panic. They're calling a fake field goal early in the game. Fez says he normally likes fake field goals. I hated that call. Even I, I like work. aggression when the stakes are high. I do, yeah. you know, so. That's the first fake field goal I think I've seen in three years that failed. <laughs> yeah, well, hey, when you got. <laughs> I mean, there's a reason that the dude with the hay in his mouth likes LSU. <laughs> <laughs> Orgeron. I mean, where do you have LSU right now in your power rankings? Uh, LSU. This is this is an objective question. Ah, you know, Brad puts out nine. Number number nine. Who's number eight? Yeah, uh, (laughs) I'm gonna get killed on this one. Washington. (laughs) Oh my gosh! Wait a minute. Wait a minute. Isn't that the Washington team that got (laughs) their butts kicked by Auburn? Shouldn't be going to the hundredth of a. Yeah. Oh, it's going to the hundredth decimal that caused that. Yeah. No, that's inexcusable. <laughs> Rounding error. Hey, that's why RJ's up. Call the accountant. <laughs> the best. That's a weakness, folks. So, do you want to reevaluate that? But you that's, had to see. That's going to get edited after the podcast. <laughs> so, when people are listening to this on Wednesday, we're going to be like, "What? What's Brad? I don't see well, who's Washington number, ahead of LSU. Who's number seven? Uh, Notre Dame. Oh, who's number six? Oklahoma. Uh. Yeah, okay. Right. Washington's a major mistake. <laughs> yeah, I was reaching for the button. <laughs> yeah. Hey, admitting it is the first yeah. step. Now, do we think there's a story here with Alabama where, what do we really know about Alabama? It's another great point. Alabama's played one, I would consider, good team in Texas A&M. It was at home. Alabama didn't cover. Kind of a close game there for a while. LSU's been tested. We do know what LSU has because they have played five teams in the top 25. That's pretty good. If LSU came in number one, mm. I mean, we'd be like, this team would be like third right now. And yep. it's like, it's everyone wants to say Orgeron isn't the X's and O's guy. If you can recruit like LSU, maybe it doesn't matter. It's a good point. And surround yourself. At least it, unless it does with the very highest you know, maybe against Alabama. By the way, what's the look ahead against Bama? It's steep. It's Alabama, a 13-point favorite. Mm. And Saban coaches that game tight. Meaning Cons- you mean conservative. Best, very conservative. Okay, so back to the game itself. You lean Mississippi State plus six and a half, and it's about what, just flat spot? Yeah, situational spot. I mean, keep in mind, Mississippi State's coming off a bye. And how many games can LSU get up for? I mean, they're coming off a performance against Florida, coin flip game at the end. LSU performed well in that game. Blowout win over Georgia. Already played Auburn. Already played Miami. You can't get up with your A-plus effort every single week. I don't expect it this week. That's why I lean with Mississippi State. 
I do think there's a difference between a team that's expected to be good and then they win the tough game and then they're a big favorite. And again, this isn't all that big, but oftentimes an Ohio State will win a big game and then be 28. I think that team that's used to winning, it's like they're marshalling their energy. It's like, okay, we get applied here, only 50% here. When a team like LSU surprises, I think there's momentum. Mm. I don't think it's flat the next game. I think it's like, let's go. Especially, they're not even a touchdown favorite. So, if you want to say it's lack of motivation, that's an interesting question. One to 100, 100 being max motivation. Let's just say to set a baseline, the average college team is at a 92. Meaning, sometimes they're big favorites, sometimes they're big dogs, sometimes they're in between. Rivals, Division Two, whatever. All the games, average is 92. What's LSU's motivation in this game? Probably a 92. Oh, I'm going to disagree. What do you think? It's higher? I think it's lower, and here's why. Because Mm. we already talked about They've already played five top 25 teams, so this is Spinal Tap. We can't keep saying. Well, not 100 in Spinal Tap, 10 is 100. Right. Right? This is 92. We're saying the average, there are flat spots in the NFL season. Why would a flat spot be against a you know a SEC team that they're not even a touchdown favorite to because it's all relative to the games they've already played it's not though you act like see to me this is like some kind of did you play dungeons and dragons growing up yes <laughs> boy that was the boy, that was the I lock that, one. that was the lock of the year they right minus there 400 on that baby <laughs> 400 you kidding me i mean like you guys have this fantasy like you really think these 19 year old it's almost like if some 19 year old kid has some cheerleader he's been eyeing for, for a month. And it's like every Saturday night she's coming over to bang. And then the four Saturday night, I can't get up for this one, no pun intended. It's like, no, <laughs> this is this is once a week. It's not like four times a day. That's an excellent analogy. I was thinking exactly the same thing. <laughs> but, but seriously, you really think the idea that LSU, if they got up for every big game, they would get up, what, six, seven, eight times a year? You think 20, 21-year-old kids can't get excited six or seven times a year? Let me ask you this. If they had just played Southern Mississippi and Vanderbilt so far this year, wouldn't they be more up for this game? If they were supposed to be a winner, there'd be a sense of... But isn't that the theory of what Georgia was last week against LSU? So there's all kind of factors other than motivation. What I'm saying is, this is not a gimme. If this line was 22 and a... I don't understand. Can what's LSU if they win out? Yep, they could be in the national title game. Oh, right? it's, a, oh, it's a lock. Would be. It's they a would, lock. They would. Yeah, but I mean, if they won the SEC title, yep. so they yep. would have to, in theory, beat Alabama, and they would have to beat Georgia or Florida. Yep. Yeah. Okay. So they they they're not scared of Georgia. No. Nope. I mean, not saying it's a sure win. And Alabama's Alabama, meaning even if LSU's five and six or whatever when they play. It's they have a chance to win. Mm-hmm. You don't think the LSU's thinking we can win the national title right now, and but we're going to be flat, laying less than a touchdown. They know Mississippi State's all. And is this a night game or a day game? It's a night game in Death Valley, and it's so, a revenge spot. The most embarrassing loss for Miss, for LSU was Mississippi State last year, beat them by thirty. All right, and, I re- a, bye, and a bye on deck. Raise raise it up to a raise it up to a ninety three. Fine, <laughs> but 
What I'm saying is, unfortunately, no one liked this game for me to press yeah, the button. Wow. Brad? Maybe a little gun shy. <laughs> and when you're, you're shelling out a bunch of Benjamins to our jam. I, I, I just think we're too deep. I, I, I do think there's a difference between does this team have momentum or is there an ebb and flow to the season and this is an ebb? This feels like a momentum game. We'll see. Doesn't and listen. If they're motivated, doesn't mean they're going to cover LSU. It just means I don't think the reason not to bet LSU is motivation. One more quick thing uh, that Malinsky taught me was first year coaches coming off a bye that first year. A lot of times they can add new wrinkles. There's a you catch your breath. I can really identify the strengths and weaknesses of my team. We really saw it last week. Jeremy Pruitt for Tennessee coming off a bye week, outright upset win as a two touchdown dog at Auburn. And what's the applicability here? The applicability is Mississippi State, fresh off a of bye. Okay, with a first year. So you're just trying to add. Man. You're almost like, and you get yeah, ten. I'm, you I'm, get I'm, ten steak knives if I'm, you are willing to take Mississippi State. I need to go. I'm grasping for straws. <laughs> I have to bring one. All right. <laughs> Next game: the Ohio State University minus thirteen at Purdue. Looks like there's been some money on. Oh, this is a pros versus Joes. We have the pros on Purdue. Seven, uh, 79% of the cash, 69% of the tickets on Ohio State. So think about that, guys. Seven out of 10 tickets on the Buckeyes, 80% of the cash on Purdue. That is a pros versus Joes. Line has gone down. Brad, you lean, though, with the Joes. Yeah, I do with Ohio State here. And to me, it's about some energy level. And I think Ohio State can extend some here. They're off back-to-back subpar performances against, you know, Indiana and Minnesota. How much effort did they really give in those two games? And the Buckeyes have a buy on deck. But my favorite part of this one is that well-traveled Buckeye crowd. Less than a four-hour drive right down Interstate 70. I've seen these Purdue-Ohio State games in the past 10, 20 years. And I think the crowd's going to be 60-40 Purdue at best in this one. little hidden advantage for the Buckeyes. Boy, give those Buckeye fans any chance to oh, go drink some beer on the, on the side of the highway. No problem. <laughs> is there any venue that Ohio State doesn't have some sort of hidden advantage on the road? Yeah, but I do think the trap, I mean, if it's a bowl game, they're going to show, right? But right. If, if Ohio State's playing Arizona in the regular season, but plus there's local fans. You saw that TCU? Especially, especially transient, especially with, transient. in transient areas, right? So now, Brad, I'm looking at your notes here. Purdue lost three coin flip games and then three blowout wins. So what, if they would have gone, you know, What's eight, eight for one kind of head, head, head in one of those three games? Mm. What would the record be? Be six and oh. So you're saying that it's, it, it there's like a over a 10% chance, you know, three fifty percenters in a row, right? Is what, 12.5% fans? Yes. So <laughs> is the idea that Purdue would be undefeated right now isn't that hard to imagine? What would the line be if they were undefeated? That's a good call. Maybe 10. Nine and a half, ten. Now we're taping to on Tuesday, and the Bosa news came out, and he's at he's not coming back. He's focused. Nope. 
how does that affect this game? I don't think it affects this game too much because Ohio State does get a couple of it. It's not only been Bosa out for the Buckeyes. It's been his backup, his replacement has been out the last couple of games for Ohio State. A couple other defensive backs have been out for Ohio State. They're supposed to, what I read prior to this podcast was all those guys with the exception of Bosa will be back here. I think it affects them. Now, think about your own life. When you have a setback, there's some people who start being sour and start drinking. You know, like on the great HBO show, Succession. And if you like good TV, like thoughtful TV, high IQ TV, if you haven't watched Succession, which was out maybe six or eight weeks ago with its final episode, uh, this was its first year. Great. But one of the the son of the rich old man uh, had some setbacks. He, he he shows up in uh, New Mexico and starts smoking meth with the locals. So some people might get, pick up the meth pipe. Others might pick up the, the natty light. But most accomplished people, when they have a setback, they say, okay, what can I do to start climbing out of this hole? But here... There's nothing to do. Meaning if they beat, they do you feel like these Buckeye players have any thought, hey, we're going to lose to Purdue? No. So if they say, no, I'm going to put my head down, I'm going to get over the Bosa disappointment by extra game prep, or I'm going to get an extra workout in. No, I think if anything, they have an emotional letdown because let's be candid, Bosa significantly influenced their chance, the Buckeyes, to win the national title. Yeah, especially against the bigger teams, the Michigans, the Alabamas, the Clemsons. They have that legit best pass rusher in college football was a major advantage for them. One strip sack. Yep. Because Ohio State, quite frankly, defense has been a, a disappointment this year. No question about it. Ohio State, through seven games, has already allowed as many big plays, 20-plus yards, than they did all of last year in 14 games. But you could see a scenario. Now, Where's Ohio State's power ranking compared to where they were to start the season? Down about a point and a half. So you got them down. Undefeated, number two in the AP, they're down. Down one point. Okay. Is that all defense or was the defense even more than that and the offense is overperformed? So That's a great call. Uh, defense probably down two, two and a half points of that. Offense has been up a point. Even though I love Dwayne Haskins, he's my preseason Heisman sleeper. He's actually even been better than what I expected. What's his Heisman? Oh, I guess two, right? <laughs> two. But get this, RJ. I'm going to have a loser. I have Dwayne Haskins at 30 to one. Right now I checked. He's two to one. Are you kidding me? What a ripoff at the sports books. They have two of like minus like 300 and the second guy like two to one. Oh my goodness. Second year in Rome, I have the second place finisher. Bookies are bad. Yeah, they're horrible. <laughs> we need to get a book here, you know, obviously give out some odds if it'll make New York or not. That way I can make some money. <laughs> yeah, so if you're real worried about Brad's wallet. <laughs> so the way the Buckeye, so right now, what, Ohio State 11-point underdog against Alabama? Yeah, that sounds about right. Maybe 10, but either way. Okay, yeah. how do they win that game? Offense plays about as well as they can. There's one big Bosa sack and one strip sack, and then they win the game. It's back to what we were talking about on Straight Out of Vegas. By the way, if you're a new listener, we're starting our fifth week with the first and only sports betting radio show on a major national network. 
We're on Fox, 6 o'clock Eastern, every weekday, 6 to 7, jam-packed, action-packed hour. And you can get the podcast. If you want that, just go to the same podcast player you're subscribed to, the Dream Preview. And if you're not subscribed, subscribe and search for RJ Bell. You're going to see Dream Preview probably, but also straight out of Vegas. Subscribe. Those Fox guys are getting that baby out quick. So you can get it literally uh, like 7, you know, seven ten Eastern, even for that night's games, because it's only 40 minutes of content. Quick listen. And most of it, except what we do is we really load the previews for that night to the last segment of the show. So the first three segments, you know, the first 30 minutes or so on tape without the commercials, remember a podcast, no commercial. It's you mostly look ahead to the weekend. So worst case, listen to it on your drive in uh, to work or whatever the next day and you're fine. It's still very topical. But we were talking about the Patriots and how the Patriots look as efficient and meticulous as ever. Impressive win against Kansas City. They don't have that that game breaker, that 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 freak of nature that can make one or two plays on the biggest stage. On the defensive side, Ohio State doesn't have that now. They don't. I think it's a big loss, and it's weird against a Purdue. There might be a ne- an emotional negative, but whoever the next team they play that they're a big favorite over Ohio State, uh, Bosa being there or not won't affect things. But against the best teams, I think it's very meaningful. Absolutely. Another reason like why to like Michigan at the end of the year over the Buckeyes. Fez, you actually like the total in this game. Total 66. Yeah, landing on the over and just compounding upon what Brad was saying. I don't like this Buckeye defense. I talked about a week one when Oregon State put 31 on them and got some big plays. The TCU game, lots of big plays for TCU as well. Purdue's got a good offense. Purdue's going to be able to score. And I think the Ohio State Buckeye offense will be just fine. I'm going over the 66. Next game, Oklahoma on the road, favored by ATCU. Brad, you lean Sooners. Yeah, I lean on the Sooners here. You talk about a reset that Oklahoma comes off of by new defense corner. I think a lot of times when you see a new defensive coordinator, an interim coach, you get at least a one-game bump. Now, overall, I think it's a negative. From a man-hours aspect with Stoops, you can't do much schematically. The players aren't changing this isn't you know a waiver wire hey let me pick up a couple of defensive ends that's not going to be the case here but i do think you get a one game bump and i can't trust tcu their quarterback robinson since week one after they played an fcs opponent six touchdowns eight interceptions he's a turnover machine just a couple turnovers here and i don't expect that tcu defense to be stopping oklahoma's offense well that was a professional presentation there oklahoma minus seven and a half just to lean though Boy, Brad, you're conservative as all get out today. I'll tell you, the green button. No, I, a lot of these are right around key numbers. Seven. I don't want to be laying seven and a half on the road. Are you kidding me? We'll take seven and a half. No. <laughs> Fez, you would take it. I'm leaning to the opposite side. Yep, with TCU. You know, a lot of this is about that Buckeye game where I really felt like Ohio State got the money against TCU, right? But TCU had an opportunity to actually win that game straight up. And I've got the Buckeyes a better team than Oklahoma, certainly. And if you can compete with Ohio State on a home game that was really more of a neutral site game, I think at home this could come right down to the wire. Well, luckily, and by the way, I just skimmed ahead looking at some of these games. We got like a like on or a best bet or a crossfire in every game left. So we started a little slow. 
with the picks. Good analysis from the pros. But we got Dave Esler with an early best bat. So Fez's best bat and the crossfire associated with it coming up soon. Also, Brad's best bat, the little blossom, bringing it in. But we're going to give you an early bonus one, one of three pieces of sound from Mr. Dave Esler on Oklahoma TCU. Free pick this week, and I want some more disagreement. TCU plus eight at home against Oklahoma. Oklahoma is this week's version of last week's Washington overpriced. The Sooners on the road favored the last three years, eight and oh, but two and six against the spread. I think people will look at Oklahoma off the bye and assume, well, they're all done with that Texas emotional loss. But TCU played last Thursday, so rest isn't a huge factor. You know, and for me, sometimes we have a tendency to overthink games. And to me, if you have the best quarterback, the best coach, and the best defense, you're in a good spot. Well, TCU has two of those three. I give Patterson the edge over Riley strictly for his track record, and I give TCU the huge up on defense. They held Texas Tech to 17, Iowa State to 14. Let's not forget, this is a Sooner team that Army took to overtime. If TCU can eliminate turnovers, they might not need the points, but TCU plus eight, free pick. I agree with Dave. i got to be honest with you, Brad. I'm going to challenge you. I've got the green button in my hand. Why don't you take Oklahoma? I'll take TCU and and see who's right. Yeah, go ahead. Ooh. Yeah, because I'm just looking. I mean, everyone's talking about turnovers. It's every single game for TCU. It's not a matter of luck. When you're only putting up 16 points against Texas, 14 against Iowa State, 14 against Texas Tech's defense, that offense has a major problem. Ring it up, baby. Me and Esler. It's just us. We don't crop bat across state lines. <clears throat> but <laughs> me and Brad, 200 smackaroonies. I'm going to keep. I just got my 400 in front of me here. That's not paper, baby. All right. <laughs> Here's where your mistake. I'm going to help you now. Here's where your mistake is, Brad. You do have the college knowledge, but this is human nature. The only time things like buys, the only time things like, hey, guys, let's do it for Mike Stoops or let's celebrate he's gone, whatever, is when the natural baseline would be lower. So, like, no one ever talks about motivation in a Super Bowl. The theory is a Super Bowl, you're up, right? Playoff. How often do we talk about playoff motivation? Never. So are we saying Oklahoma wouldn't have been up for TCU? Yeah, they've been up. They're up. So how can you get more up? If anything, there's a wild card of distraction here. Okay. We don't know what's going on inside. And <coughs> excuse me. I also think, you know, this segues into our Notre Dame bet. I mean, if Oklahoma wins out here, Texas didn't look so good. If Oklahoma <laughs> wins out here. They're going. They're yeah. right. I mean, that's an interesting question, Fez. We're, for those that didn't hear, both Brad and I, or both Fez and I against Brad, have the following bet. If Notre Dame has exactly one loss, will they make the playoffs? Brad gave us four to one, no. So we're saying yes. We're risking 200. Well, no, we risked 1,500 500 to win 2,000 each. So you're going to be down 4K. Yep. We checked the blue book on his truck. And everything's fine. 
I live my life a quarter mile at a time. <laughs> Let me ask you this question, Faz. What odds would you put on Oklahoma with uh, wins out? Yes, no, do they make the playoffs? Well, just in, they'd be a monster favorite, yes. Really? Yes. Over Notre Dame with one loss? Well, you didn't. Uh, no, I'm, I'm now clarifying. Sure, I'm thinking that both of them could potentially make it if everything breaks right. I mean, there's a lot of different scenarios that could happen, but that's. I think it's too close to call. Notre Dame one loss, Oklahoma one loss. I would actually lean to Oklahoma. Really? Yes. And you still like her four to one bet? Love the bet because Oklahoma's going to lose two games, so it won't matter. Oh, that'd be nice if we could knock them out right now. They're going at. They're at West Virginia. What's the spread in that game? How, how did West Virginia look last week? What's the spread on that game? Was the question? Answer uh, the Oklahoma's question. Oklahoma's like a four point favorite right now. <laughs> four point favorite. So can I can I have West Virginia right now plus four? Oh, you go down to Caesars. <laughs> I'll lay a dollar. I'll lay a, I'll lay a dollar ten against you right now. A dollar ten. He's You're like, on. well, for, all right, that's fine if yeah. you want to. But he didn't say he liked that. Yeah. He did, but if you want it, you it's want a it. Short week. No. Nah, right. <laughs> me. I mean, how much more do you want? Just go down to uh, Caesars. The, the point. The point I'm making is that that's a very losable game for Oklahoma. No, agreed. Yeah. I agree. I just think you guys are losing sight of something. Follow the money, and I get the whole Notre Dame isn't what they were. But here's the question. Who in the F gets excited about an Oklahoma that is clearly a lesser version of the last couple of years mm. that's that's been losing in the playoffs? Like, we really want more of that? That's a good narrative. But the narrative at that time, Notre Dame's going to lose to a lesser opponent. And but, Oklahoma's but, but, but see, get their hold on a second. Time. Hold on. This is the same thing. You got the schedule you got. Yeah. So, Matt, give me, let me give you two scenarios. Yep. Notre Dame loses to um, USC. Well, but that's the last game, so I don't like that. By as one much. point. Yeah, I got it. Another team. Let's say there's seven, eight points. Florida State, Northwestern. Okay. That's fine. Flor- Northwestern. Okay. Right? Very excited. College situation. Boom, boom, boom. Couple trick plays. I mean, Northwestern guys aren't as smart as they like to claim, but okay. They're not dumb. Right, Fez? I agree with everything. <laughs> <laughs> nah. We couldn't get into the Ivy League exactly. school of choice, so we have a chip on and our they, shoulders. And Definitely not Harvard Law School. And they're, no. and, they're, and they're hillbillies, but they think they're, hey, they're kind of close to Chicago, so they're not really Oh, they're not hillbillies. Oh, come on. They're hillbillies. I mean, you came from Dayton. How would you know? No, these are all country club guys. <laughs> all right. Well, I, I'm sure there's some of that, and there's some hillbillies. There's more prep school country club guys. Oh, you must have fit right in. No. You didn't fit. Were you at, were you ostracized? Oh, that's sad, actually. <laughs> Let's think about this. You grew up in Dayton, Ohio, in the early 80s. You were a teenager, coming of age. You didn't really listen to Zeppelin. <laughs> you didn't know who Madonna, you know, you probably liked Madonna. You probably bought <laughs> Material Girl. Who knows? But you used to dream one day. One day I'll get to a place they understand me. You know, this town, this Dayton, it's a town full of losers. <laughs> I'm going to pull out of here and win. And I'm going to a place that everyone reads books. We can do chess problems in the dorm room after dark. And then you arrived. What happened? I still vividly remember <laughs> my senior year, a friend of a friend <laughs> drove us down to UD, University of Dayton, for lunch. And he had a beer on a school day, and he was playing Crazy Train 
And I realized from from Ozzy. Yes. And I realized, oh, my God, I'm doing it all wrong. (laughs) (laughs) But but did you honest to God, you were thinking when I get to a way to a good school, they're all going to understand me. No, I wanted to play crazy train and drive his truck. No, no, no. See, you're getting away from the truth now. Let's be can. So you're saying come your senior year, you wanted to be like some some dude with a pickup truck and a rifle in the back. Yes. And what what actions did you take to get you along that path? I started to listen to Journey and Foreigner. <laughs> so so he heard he he Maybe heard so. Crazy Train and said, you know, I'm gonna dabble in this world. And then you went to Foreigner. <laughs> Did you ever like? Did you start putting mousse in your hair? Like, did you start like getting a? Pay? You were the generation that had the the uh, hair picks, right? No hair picks for me. <laughs> but what other yeah, the- changes did you make? Did you start like wearing mascara? No mascara. No, I mean that was. <laughs> Maggie like fell over in the control room. <laughs> like, listen, like the culture club and the cure. I mean, the, the the goth stuff. You you didn't dabble. I don't even know if I know what goth is. Is that anything like that pump stock or whatever? What's that? I don't even know what that's called. All right, so you got, you bought like a Journey cassette. I'm guessing. Yeah, eight track tape. Absolutely. It was really an A track. Yeah. <laughs> All right, so, and then what happened? Like, did you go in your bed and get the, like, there wasn't even lyrics on go the A-track. in my bed. Like, did you jump on your bed and, like, flick on your back and say, oh, the door's closed, the world, that cruel, cruel world is out there, but I'm here with the music. And then you start reading the lyrics? Like, how did it go? Never got that far. <laughs> <laughs> So, like, two weeks later, the whole Aussie experience was lost. Back at the chess tournaments, playing the Vienna Gambit. <laughs> you didn't listen to the lyrics. Don't stop believing. But then that segues to the point of, at some point, you were thinking, at the, the school I get into, I'm going to, like, be accepted finally. Like, they will value the quality. Like, did your mom say, fezzy wazzy? These are the qualities that now it's tough. I understand, son. But one day it's these qualities that's going to let you be harassed by RJ. Oh, wait, no, that's different. These are the qualities they're going to appreciate in college. No. Oh, Lordy B, I will make the biggest bet of my life. You, Your mom had that conversation yeah, you with know, you. The funny thing is I was a pretty happy kid, but looking back on it, I thought I, I think I should have been unhappy. You don't know I was how sad too, you should have been. Too, I was too dumb to realize that I should be unhappy. <laughs> but So you never had a thought it was going to be better in college? Never really thought about it, no. Boy, Brad, you sure did on the farm. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Oh, uh, this could be a whole show. Yeah. That was very valuable, though. It made my day. I can't lie. All right. So we have a bet. I've got TCU plus eight, and Oklahoma is Brad's side because somehow they're going to get extra motivated because their season was crushed last game. Next. That was one part. <laughs> Good luck with that TCU. <laughs> Alabama. Ooh. Favored by 29. 
And we got a like from Brad Powers. Yeah, I actually like Tennessee in this spot, plus 29. I, I liked a lot what I saw from the Volunteers last week. A team coming off a bye with a first-year coach, and Jeremy Pruitt looked much improved on the road at Auburn. Two-touchdown underdog, Tennessee clearly outplays the Tigers in that one. And on the flip side, I didn't like what I saw from Alabama. Nick Saban can say, hey, two was fine. He could have came back in the game. I'm not worried about Tua running the ball. That gimpy leg seemed to have a little bit of, I would say, issues with his mechanics. How about Tua in the first half? Ten incompletions. Here's a quarterback in Tua Tungabailoa in the first six games combined only had 25 incompletions with that gimpy knee. Forget running the football. I I didn't think his mechanics were good throwing the football, so I don't want to be laying that, that 29 here on the road. You did catch your first hat first half bat last week. Yeah, Alabama now 7 and 0 against the number in the first half. But if you play on Alabama in the first half and then go against Alabama in the second half this year, 13 and 1. Yeah, was that. So, do you look to play against do you if you like Tennessee, do you play the second half instead? I would yeah, I mean if you want to get get into that technical, yeah, your derivative Tennessee in the second half, better bet. Listen, if we're going to make him sit through Feds and high school yeah. stories, we can get as technical as we need. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> All right, so if you want to lay Alabama in the first half last week, it started, I mean, moving two and a half points. But but, but our prediction was right. Yep. The, the the bookmakers weren't going to move it. You they just did. bet it early. Yep. And we had a lot of people on Twitter, like a lot, say, hey, I got it on Friday at 18. And yep. it actually went up, but then it came back down because there's certain people out there that just look at the chart, RJ, and they are they don't care about. I hope, I hope they keep. I hope they keep doing that. I, yep. I, and they did so right at post. This is very powerful because people are like, oh, you you can't middle games that are like 28 point favorites, and you could have laid 17 and a half or 18, and you could have taken 20 in this game uh, in the first half. In the first half, and Alabama won the first half by 20. Pretty good, Fez. Pretty good. This week, so there's no other way. I keep hoping some bookmaker or more than a few or more than any, I guess. I'm not even sure if any are right now. They just won't let you bet the second half. No. Like, why? You have a first half line. Let's do some algebra. Go back to Fez in like third grade. Is Okay, the game line is 29. What do we guess for the first half line here? 18, 19. 19. Okay. So I think the second half should be 10. Brilliant. <laughs> yeah. I mean, like, why wouldn't they do that? The, the only reason they don't do that is that they're already, when there's a big line move. So let's say this line moved from 29 and crashed down to 27. Two is get, we're going to play with a knee brace. They're already getting picked off on people betting that first half on the underdog, and then people can play the second half. And just so, if you put up too much product and there's a big line move, then you can get triple popped across the board on that. But derivative. if you just had a, uh, not even an algorithm, but a simple arithmetic is okay, the line drops. You've got let the first half be your guide, your first half resets, and the difference is the second half. That's the way to do it. They I mean, that's not, that's not advanced. No, it's not. And if anything, and this is next level. The, if they got a liability, you could you could work it work off it at your halftime line, right? In theory, I mean, not that it's always going to be exactly a line. Yeah, but you couldn't fix it if if there was a big major line moving to let people. Bet no, no, I'm saying of- yeah. If you somehow put up the wrong lines, yeah, okay. Yeah. But other than that, it feels like it's just another. Ver- I mean, it should be a winner by itself. 
And worst case, there's going to be a percentage of the time the score is around. Like you said, the second half line in the game with Alabama last week would have been pretty much what, or the halftime line, which is what, and that's a distinction. Second half line, you bet before the game. Halftime line, you're betting at halftime. I'm guessing the halftime line and what the second half line would have been if they offered it would have been about the same. Very comparable, right. So uh, now and again, you're going to get a chance to to hedge off of yep. a position, and it's going to be a net winner anyway. I think it's also a matter because no one is putting it up. You don't have anyone to copy off of, so you you have to have your staff but you, but it's do back the math to, right. Yeah, but it, the, the math is taking one number, subtracting another number. Yes, but it's a lot easier to just copy a number than to add or uh. subtract. <laughs> Bookies are bad and they're a little bit dumb oftentimes. Lazy. And lay oh, they're dumb. So what we're saying is let's let's wrap up. Bookies are bad, not real smart, and lazy. Yep. But their mothers some of their mothers love them. Few. <laughs> they're greedy too. Oh. Greedy. So Fez, in your notes you're talking Alabama first half, Tennessee second. Is this something where you'd actually do a hedge and play both? Well, it's not even a hedge. It's two independent bets. Yeah, but the theory is if if, if one team, and that's interesting because part of me would think, okay, if if Alabama is up by 40, you would think, oh, it's a sign of how good they are. But if anything, that causes a regression back, a pullback, because they're not as aggressive in the second half. Yeah, the more Alabama's up on the first half, the more the um, – Brad, do the impression of the – the guy that bet. Well, they just won by 40 points in the first half. They only laying 14 in the second half. Roll tide. Exactly. <laughs> so that'll keep the spread from being you know, 13. It, it'll be it 14. It's too natural to him. It's like there's a part of him. Wouldn't it be funny if we saw Brad, like his back was turned and at some bar that you would never expect to see us in, Fez? And we walk up and Brad's talking like that. Like, like that's his real <laughs> that's, voice. He's faking it. <laughs> and, and all of this is him. You know how you ever hear a British actor or actress where they, they have an American accent in a, yeah. in the movie or the yeah. TV show. And then you hear him talking. It's a whole different person. Absolutely. I think Brad, that might be his natural voice. <laughs> Agreed. <laughs> Let me know at RJ in Vegas. If you agree, Brad, we had, we asked last week, were you cheating in the NFL? I got a, I got probably 20, 30 people who said, no way Brad would cheat. What was your oh, response? what I got, too. That Saying I, you would. No, that I, I wasn't. Only so about no, one or two said I was copying. Boy, there's just, it's a, no wonder you call them squares. <sighs> wow. <laughs> the, the mark's out there. <laughs> I'm still thinking of walking up and him talking in that accent and that being his voice. I may have made a fun of few people in the past. <laughs> So, Fez, if you would you make the following? Would you ever bet out? Let's say you liked Alabama for the game. Could you ever see a scenario you would bet the other team? Because that would be truly inversely related. Because obviously, any points you would need, uh, let's say you bet them uh, for the game and against them in the second half. Well, any points Tennessee scored in the second half would help you in one bet, hurt you in the other. I guess I'm just wondering. No, I would always bet 
the first half, and then I'd bet the second half if I truly felt that I liked Alabama. But in the you would aggregate. only do that. It, okay, go ahead. Because the only way I'm going to like Alabama for the game, if I like Tennessee for the second half, is to really like no, Alabama. A, the first yes, half. that was not a great question on my part. But let me ask another one. Could you ever see betting if you do like for the whole game? So this is you saying I don't really like either team for the whole game, but I think there's going to be a, a skewed scoring in the first half pro Alabama skewed scoring in the second half um you know pro Tennessee. Correct. Next game. Colorado Washington U, the number 8 team and Brad Powers <laughs> Vegas rankings. Washington favored by 15 and a half. Brad, you lean. Oh, no, actually, Fez, you like. Let's start with you. Yeah, I like Colorado. This is a consistent handicap. I have not liked Washington all year long. Frankly, that loss against Auburn's looking worse and worse. And I'm not seeing anything from Browning to justify this type of separation that they can go ahead and blow out a fairly quality, decent team like Colorado. 15 and a half just is too high in my eyes. Hmm. I'm thinking of pressing the button. Brad, let me hear your take. Yeah, I'm on the other side. I lean Washington because I just think Colorado's a total fraud. And we're exposed last week against the USC team that even though Washington's had issues, I still think Washington's better than USC. And in that game, SC's up three touchdowns. That's an SC team with 16 penalties in that game, undisciplined at the end, allow a couple scores against Colorado. I just don't see it with the Buffs. And more importantly, they're by far best player, Colorado. LaVisca Chenault, who's a first-team All-American right now, Looks like he's doubtful for that game. If I don't have my best weapon with Colorado, how do they score? At least Washington's defense, I would say, is above average, if not good. Mm. You're listening to R.J. Bell's Dream Preview. Now back to R.J. Bell's Dream Preview. All right, Fez, let me ask you. Did Colorado have a big game last week? Big game, USC. How'd they do? They were a seven-point underdog, and they did not get it done. They lost. And what was their record? Undefeated. Hmm. You think that might leave a mark? No. (laughs) No. You think college kids are undefeated more than halfway through a season? And they figure, yeah, you know, we should know we're seven-point dogs here, so we weren't supposed to win anyway. Well, it's hardly a dream crusher. Colorado knew they were not going to win the national championship. But did they know? I mean, who? it's just the idea. I mean, even you, do you ever, when someone's in town and it's a good friend and they like the Vegas, you know, they're not a professional batter, you know, and they're playing craps or something. Do you ever stop and say, all right, I'll play don't pass free odds. Sure. Yeah, have some fun. Get some points. You know, maybe it's camouflage for some other shenanigans. Your pool. He, he, you see his face light up there, Brad? Yeah. When I said camouflage, he's like, yeah, that's it. You got it. <laughs> I'm the dirtiest player in the game. But if you win three or four rolls, don't you start getting a little excited? 
Not really. Re- you're no, so dead I'm, inside. I'm, I'm, I'm excited because I'm thinking, oh, I can keep playing this and get a little more square play on my card. So I'll get room offers and they, they'll let me play in sports and in blackjack. Yes. I'm already a multi-millionaire. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, Brad, you've, had, you've been in Vegas like almost two and a half years. Yep. Like you'll play something you know it's not positive EV occasionally, right? Yep. And if you start winning, it's fun. Absolutely, it's fun. like I, I I'm a sicko when I'm, com- I'm competitive wise. Like if I'm pitching quarters and I'm a re- you don't want to pitch me in quarters. You'd much rather pick against me in the NFL than pitch me in quarters. Let's just say that open challenge. I mean, I'll do it where the quarter spins around. I had one very misbegotten summer where I pitch quarters. I mean, this sounds insane. Probably 15 hours a week the whole summer. You should have spent your time with, with, with the dice to have dice control and keep the yeah. guy on the axis. No, but I was winning. And I mean, this was like, it was like, I would have to hustle. I mean, it was like, mm-hmm. I'd, you know, I'd, I'd lose a certain and then there'd be a big one and it'd roll up and just go over. I could like, if I had like three inches to the wall, no, no, let's say I had an inch and a half. I could make it where it was just over. I mean, it was pretty good. In the book, One of a Kind, uh, Stewie Unger once lost 10,000 to Bob Stupak pitching chips against the wall. And he was unaware, Stewie, that Stupak obviously had spent considerable time at this. Now, what's funny is, yeah, I'm kind of stupid to say, I guess, who am I going to get in? Imagine like a quarters pitch and breaks out. (laughs) Is... This is a true, truest of the truest stories. A couple years ago, we had Billy Walters, the famous Billy Walters, on our local show we had at the time on ESPN Vegas. And he did a whole hour. It was like his first live interview in like over 10 years. I think last live interview now in like 15 or whatever. Um, and he, we were getting, you know, I kind of knew at the time even, you start with some innocent questions don't get personal. And then as he gets a little more comfortable, you can ask a little bit more personal stuff later. He told us a story that he was in his mid thirties, Billy Walters in Kentucky, hadn't moved to Vegas yet, was a, a, a really successful car salesman, but was compul- you know, was gambling a lot otherwise and losing. He was a drinker by his own admission. And Billy Walters lost his house pitching quarters outside the bar. He literally came home to his wife <laughs> and I think they had a kid at the time. I'm not sure about that. And said, honey, we got to move. I lost the house. It's like, how? It's like pitching quarters drunk. So it, it does tell you, unless you're like really old and there's no chance to turn it around, it kind of does tell, and maybe there still is, right? But it does tell you, Billy Walters moved to Vegas, was losing out here by his own account. Met Chip Reese, one of the great poker players. Not His brand's not as big as his reputation in town. And Chip said, listen, I'll teach you poker and bankroll management. Because at the time, Billy was, you know, Chip saw him as a talented handicapper. And then if you read about the computer group, ultimately it was Billy's ability to manage networks, not anything else that made him so successful. But he lost his house. And he wasn't like a kid. He was almost 40 years old. Pitching quarters. No sex, no booze, no drugs. Our little roller is a purist. He's a goddamn thoroughbred. All he cares about is the next hand. 
<laughs> There's next level stuff, Fez. All right, next game. All right, so we, we got a bet on that one. Boy, Brad, I you want to join me? No. What's holding you back? Uh, on you talking You're about on co- with me. I know, but you talked about Colorado's motivation. What about Washington? There is no hope. I, see, that's the point. When you have an elite coach, mm. you're missing the point. These are the Plus kind of injuries they're running back. Both are <laughs> top two running backs. Uh, it doesn't out. matter. <laughs> I mean, you really think they need a top two running back against, if anything, they pass more, which is good for a big favorite. Mm. Not think, when Jake Browning's your quarterback. Think about this a second. And again, I mean, if you don't want in on a winner, that's fine. I'll attack Fez later in the show when it really <laughs> matters on a best bet. Are you? Are your? Is your bankroll a little thin right now? And you're like really getting conservative? No. Are you gun shy? No, I'm fine. <laughs> He's reaching in. He's empty. I'm all right. <laughs> I'm all right. Uh, what, boy, yeah, he does have a nice roll there. Hold on a second. Let's see if I can play this drop without Fez screaming over it. I hear that your left pocket is empty. Boy, Brad's got a better roll than you. Is that just for show? No, that's what I collected. Well, that's some of my money he's got over there. <laughs> I can't, you know, I can't believe you don't see. I, again, I guess that's why I'm winning like this is that when you have a coach, I mean, where do you rank the Washington coach? Chris Peterson's probably fifth. So one of the five best yep. coaches in college football. Mm-hmm. And he know you don't think he knew this team. You think he that, that he thought, oh, this is a national championship team. I mean, he probably knew his team better than anyone, right? Yeah. And I don't think he was overly surprised or not as good as some people thought. So he's been ready for this. For him, it's like, okay, these we got to make a statement with these players that hey, tough losses at Washington, we just you know we overcome them. And I think this is a state. This is a weird thing with a bad coach. I'm fa- or with an average coach. I'm fading Washington here, and with a really good coach, I'm on Washington here. That doesn't convince you? No. How much better is Washington than USC in your power ratings? Probably about six points, six seven. So Colorado was just catching seven. Now they're catching fifteen and a half. I like the value. But you do realize, who, who was the home team in the last game? USC was home. USC was home in that game, and they were, fa- oh, and USC was favored by Sab. Yeah. Yes. Okay. And, and all right, so, and how much better is Washington than USC? Uh, I got them about nine points better. Oh, nine. Okay. So what are you talking about, fans? I didn't, I didn't think that it would be that big. He said six and a half to seven. No, it's not. Oh, if it was, he got to downgrade Colorado after last week, Fez. So if anything, what you're saying is there's <laughs> the, your power ratings are going my way. Yeah. Jump on. Well, we just agreed Brad. that Washington was too high press my the, power ratings. Press the button. That ain't. I'll press it. Come there on. Yes. All right. You want to jump on, Mackie? Yeah. Wow. <laughs> you know, it worried me when he said press the button. This is one of those, like, uh, some secret pick. That he can't tell us exactly why he likes it. Yeah. That hasn't helped you so far. <laughs> yeah, the, the <laughs> secret sources are to be not going to be disclosed because no one would want to know who they are. Next game, NC State. Do, now with all the bets are down, do you have some great secret pick on that? No, I'm originating here. Oh, I, well, I'm, oh I'm, shit, Mackie, you yeah. are in good shape. Yeah. <laughs> no. It's actually, Fez is so... I would rather fade you than fade, like, you know, <laughs> the best of the best. And you have those sources. But 
feds is very selective when he originates. Yeah. So I, I trust it. It's just a situation at no vig. I feel okay with. I, to me, I find one situation people are mishandicapping. Washington is going to come out focused instead of flat. And that is part of your handicap, right? Yes. Clemson, NC State, big line move, open 20, down to 16 and a half, Clemson at home. Fez, you like the dog here. Yeah, like NC State. I bet NC State. This one is a very simplistic handicap, and I use it over and over. Whenever there's a completely phony final, a team performs so much better in the stats than they do overall on the final scoreboard. I figure more often than not, the marketplace is going to figure that out and reflect it, and money will come on that team. But oftentimes, semi-efficient market, it takes a while for that to occur uh, 28-23 win for NC State against Boston College. They won the total yards by over 200, minus three in turnovers. So the narrative is, oh, they almost lost to Boston College. The truth is they really should have won that game by 17, I think, value with the dog. Hmm, pretty good handicap there, like like NC State. Brett? Yeah, I'm leaning with NC State here, but l- let's talk about why I'm not liking NC State. To me, strength of schedule. Boston College, Fez, is probably by far the best team NC State's played so far, so that's a little bit of a worry here. But I'm leaning with uh, the Wolfpack. You look at their quarterback, they got a fifth-year senior in Finley. He's averaging 300-plus yards passing per game. We saw Clemson's pass defense be a major question mark in the Texas A&M game. And usually, Clemson against these ACC teams, intimidation factor. None here. NC State should have beaten Clemson in this building two years ago. Missed a chip shot field goal. And even last year, played toe-to-toe with the Tigers and only lost by seven. So you can throw that intimidation factor out the window. Lean on the Wolfpack. We have a like on this next game, a double like on the next one, a crossfire on the next one, on Fez's best bet, Mm. and Brad's best bet. We are finishing strong. Auburn, Mississippi. Auburn on the road, favored by four. Brad, you like? I like Mississippi here. And to me, it's all about a fate of Auburn. No team outside of Louisville has dropped further in my preseason power ratings than Auburn right now. And I think Gus Malzahn, the head coach for Auburn, might be the most overrated head coach in college football. Here's a guy had a dream first season. They had the kick six against Alabama, the prayer at Jordan Hare against Georgia. Somehow they go to the national championship game and lose. Everyone considers Gus Malzahn to be this top five coach. I'll say this, since the start of the 2014 season, Gus Malzahn's second season as head coach. Nobody in college football has been a bigger money burner than Gus Malzahn. 19-39-2. and two. 19 covers, 39 losses, two pushes, and that's blindly betting on Auburn every single game. Give me the Ole Miss Rebels in this one plus the four. If you go to pregame.com, go to the Game Center, click on the Consensus tab, you can see right now, or as of taping, about half the tickets on Mississippi, Mm. 84% of the cash on Mississippi. Smart money, agrees with Brad on Mississippi. We've got a key factor from Dave Esler in this game. Perception reality this week, Auburn. Let's get some disagreement going because I'm sure we will. Perception, Auburn's an elite team. Well, yes, on paper they were at one time ranked ninth preseason, actually. Reality right now, they're out of the top 25, and they have three 
one, two, three SEC losses already. Perception is with Stidham in that up-tempo offense, it's tough to stop. Reality, they haven't scored more than 24 points in any of the last three games. Perception of Ole Miss, they can't play defense. Well, they can't. But they beat an up-tempo Texas Tech team, and they come back from Arkansas with a great win. Good spot for them. Ole Miss has the best wide receiver combination in the nation and a quarterback who's averaging 10.3 yards per attempt, not per completion, per attempt. Two realities for you guys that do the yards per play. Auburn, 4.8. Ole Miss, 7.6. A look at Ole Miss. They're the college version of the Patriots. They might struggle on defense, but they can always outscore an opponent, and I think they'll outscore Auburn. That was that was probably Dave's best presentation. He's yep. getting there. Brad or um, Mackie, the mayor, and uh, Sleepy Jay has been working, you know, doing production on on getting our taping in. Mighty good one that one. I'm gonna have to text Dave on that. I agree. I like Mississippi there too. That's just a pure kind of public fade. Okay, guys, we're gonna take our one and only commercial break a short one and when we come back it's double like it's crossfire on a best bet and brad powers with all the college knowledge best bet this college football season remember that a little exaggeration makes every story more interessante like dosakis the beer used to water every college football field in america But don't take it from us. Take it from the legendary football coach, Les Miles, who famously said, the only taste sweeter than victory is a blade of Bermuda grass doused in authentic Mexican lager. Hmm. But most importantly, remember to keep it in Terrasante this college football season with Dos Equis, the official beer sponsor of the college football playoffs. Drink Dos Equis responsibly, 2018, copyright, imported by Cervasis Mexicanus, White Plains, New York. Up next, old friends from True Car. Hey there, diehards. Here are some football facts that even you may not know about. The first football game was played in 1869. The average game, the ball is typically in play for only about 11 minutes. Boy, a lot of commercials in there. And finally, Pizza consumption rates go up during the week of a big game. Okay, you probably knew that last one. Well, here's another fact you might not know that actually is useful, especially if you plan on tailgating. True Car also helps people get used cars. That's right. True Car isn't just for buying new cars. With their certified dealer network and nationwide inventory of nearly 1 million used cars, you'll enjoy real pricing on actual inventory and a simpler buying experience, whether you buy new or used. With TrueCar, users can see what others paid so they know if they're getting a good deal before buying. They're also more likely to enjoy a faster buying experience by connecting with TrueCar certified dealers. When you're ready to buy a new or used car, check out TrueCar and enjoy a more confident car buying experience. Some features not available in all states, but you know what I say. Check if it's available in yours. Take advantage. Finally, BetQL. You want to get an edge over Vegas in the books this season? BetQL is available for download. It's the only mobile app that gives you everything you need to make smarter bets. With BetQL, you can access line movements to see how a game's odds have moved over time. This app lets you assess 
the public betting trend so you can see which side of the bet the public favors. Discover value bets of the day with BetQL's powerful algorithm based off of detailed recent and historical trends. BetQL shows you which teams are trending against the spread and over unders. Best part of all, you can download BetQL for free from your Apple or Android device. Use promo code podcast to unlock your free three-day trial. It's time for you to turn the tables. Give yourself an edge over the sports books by downloading BetQL. Head to BetQL.co to download and use the promo code podcast before this offer expires. That's BetQL.co and promo code podcast. Oh, Doug, hot down the stretch here. Next game, Washington State at home, favored by three. Hosting Fez's Oregon, double like. Let's start with you, Fez. All right. Well, I finally got an Oregon game correct. And now I'm going back <laughs> to the well against. His, tw- his 27th reference to his Oregon bad beat weeks and weeks ago. I'm on Washington State here, minus three against Oregon. Oregon had a war against Washington. And frankly, I'm not sure that they should have covered. Somehow they wind up winning the game. And now they go to Wazoo, who has been great at home. It's a really bad spot off of that all-in effort against Washington. I expect Washington State to win this game and to win by enough. I hate laying the three because this was at one and a half and it's been bet up. I still like it at minus three. I would not like it if it goes above minus three. Brad, you also like it, but somehow right now the market is three minus one fifteen. Somehow you're laying two and a half. The where, big where, line, <laughs> you talked about opening this line moved three points today. Yeah, but, as oh, we're taping oh. us on Tuesday. Look at the time when I sent <laughs> the notes in. I mean, the big money's on Washington State here, and it's correct in my opinion. You talked about the spot. Not uh, in addition to that, Washington State's been good at home. The 10 straight wins, first time since World War II at home for the Cougars. Off a bye, another good spot. First time ever ESPN College game day is going to be in attendance for a Washington State home game. And on top of that, do you think that's a good proxy for enthusiasm? I do. I think so, too. Yeah. It's like an extra. It's not just a sign of ESPN telling you what game is important. It's the reaction to them being there. And this is going to be extremely important. I know we're getting in the weeds here, but Washington State has had a flag waving at the ESPN College Game Day crowd every single week, no matter where they've been, for 15 straight years. So a very loyal fan base. Who in the heck, how did, did they coordinate it? They like- coordinate it between alums across the whole country. Every single week for 15 years straight, Washington State has had a flag waving in the background. Now, where did you pick? Day. Now, listen, I am so fascinated by this. Because it's got to be super well known amongst the Washington State, not just that network, but amongst like on their boards and stuff, yep, right? Absolutely. I read nine newspapers a day. So how did you come across this? No, I just watch ESPN College Game Day since I've been a no, kid. No, but you don't. You haven't watched every game. I mean, He's you like the Rain Man. Oh, he sees oh, oh, the flags. <laughs> you haven't heard. When you say every game for 15 years, you had to read somewhere that this... Oh, yeah. This is kind of known. I mean, if you're an avid follower of that show, you know Washington. They they cover it. They show it every week. So if you do a search right now on Google, Washington State game day flat. Yep. What are you going to get? You're going to get a lot. You're going to get a lot of stories on it. Did you know this, Fez? No, this is breaking news for me. Really? Hey, Mayor, did you know this? 
Yeah, I mean, oh, wow. I mean, Brad, again, See, you got him being in the weeds thinking, oh, everyone knows this. <laughs> this is fast. So I'm going to go Washington State game day flag. State game day. It's not any of the D. De- oh, it actually comes up. Washington State game day. The first search is flag. Wow. Auto search. Um, this is from Sports Illustrated 1014. College game day will broadcast from Washington State for the first time ever. Old Crimson won't have to travel far next week as College Game Day is making the first visit to Pullman for Washington State, Oregon. Old Crimson, a flag with the Cougars logo, first made an appearance on ESPN broadcast in 2003. Hold on, page loading. That's weird. What was on Google, it's sent to the article. It's a whole different wording. Like there's nowhere on the article that was on Google, but it's pretty much saying it's been 15 years. This has to be a huge factor. I mean, I mean, this is like going to be the game they're more excited about than any other. No question. And I can make the biggest home game they've had maybe ever for Washington state. So what do you think of this Washington state team? I underrated them. This was a team coming into the season, lost a lot. Now, what's your position on Leach? Oh, wow. I like Leach a lot. I think, I mean, he's a consistent guy. If you need eight, nine wins every single year, he's a guy to do it. Other than that, I don't know if he can get you much more than that, but also look at where he's been. Texas Tech, Washington State. The I would say the historical baselines of those programs have never been much you know, maybe 500. So the fact that he's gotten those programs to eight, nine wins a year says he's been historically good. Now, what happens sometimes, and some people are saying it happened to Chip Kelly, is that they'll be innovative on offense, and then the rest of the world catches up. They tweak it. The coach gets into his 40s, into his 50s, not quite as sharp, not working quite as hard, and they're living on legacy. If you look at Leach's schemes right now, is he still on the cutting edge? I'm not saying there's not others, but is he still got a schematic advantage? Most or is that, that is that a uh, is he living off the the legend? Especially on a week in and week out basis, when you only got a week to prepare for it. Yes, where he's kind of dropped off is bowl games. Really dropped off in those where a team actually has a month to prepare for it. That, that's when I love playing against Leach. I tell you, the thing you don't know about Leach, or a lot of people might not. He seems very cerebral. He obviously is a very intelligent fellow, but he also has a primalness to him in that, you know, he was on Friday Night Lights and, you know, he actually, I just ordered his book actually recently and uh, his book has a, a, a strange, I can't remember the title. I haven't read it yet, but, um, you know, it's some variation of like put the sword in the chest or something. I mean, it's like a very, oh yeah, like he doesn't come off. So it seems like... He's a weird intellectual that plugs into emotion really well, which I think maybe helps him in this yep. spot. Right? He's not going to poo-poo the emotion as much as he's going to probably throw fuel Absolutely. on the fire. Don't believe me. Uh, check out YouTube a couple of halftime and post-game speeches from Leach. There might be more than Craig locking Craig James's kid in, in a uh, you know a room by himself with the lights out. Uh, more of the reasons why Texas Tech let him go. They were very very vulgar, but I loved them. Uh, the title of the book, Swing Your Sword by Mike Leach, doesn't seem like a guy would be hanging out with you at Northwestern Fest. And not a type of guy that'd be intimidated by a bunch of ducks. 
<laughs> that was good. Now, was that impromptu or planned? I like it. Impromptu. Fez. Let's do it. Don't know about the future. That's anybody's guess. Ain't no good reason for getting all depressed. Buy up your pad and pencil. I give you a piece of my mind. It's best bet. You probably are thinking harmony, peace, love. No, no, no. Auto, $500 bet. Fajic said it's my best bet. Brad says, I don't care. Go, Fez, go. Michigan State plus seven. I will take Sparty, the underdog, against Harbaugh. I love this game. Last week, I backed Michigan. The bullies of Michigan hosting Wisconsin. That means Michigan was home. And Michigan was laying a little over seven points. I think Michigan State is... The opener. The opener, yes. But in the early week number. So he's putting the narrative here? Yeah. The early week number was out there for Tuesday, Wednesday. was minus eight on Michigan. Now, they're playing a team that's every bit as, as good, if not better than Wisconsin. But they're on the road. And they're laying seven. Michigan was really cheap last week against Wisconsin. I was on them. Now they are inflated after pounding a team, Wisconsin, that has no business being in the top 25, much less the top 15. Michigan now has gone from being underrated to being possibly even overrated. And what Sparty waiting in the weeds. One thing I know about Michigan State, you can't go wrong catching them in games like this, catching points when the world says they're going to have trouble winning. They've had plenty of games against the Ohio State Buckeyes where they've hung right with the Buckeyes toe-to-toe. If you can do that, you can hang with this Michigan team. That was a good presentation. Brad Power says, no, thank you. $500 on Michigan Go. Yeah, I'm going to take the Wolverines minus a seven. And I get it. The duct tape shoe handicappers are going to say Michigan State covered 10 straight in this rivalry. Bad matchup for Michigan. Little brother. Michigan State motivated. I think Michigan's the team that, that if you're going to say both are motivated, Michigan. Are you kidding me? Michigan State was a team fez. We were talking about fading for weeks and weeks. You talk about, oh, they could be 5-1 and one Arizona State. I mean, here's a team that almost lost to Utah State. Allowed eight rushing yards to Northwestern. Still got beat by double digits in that game. We were talking about for week after week, what's wrong with Michigan State? Now, all of a sudden, they win a game against Penn State. and They're great. They're a top 20 team. Not buying it. I think the chip and the monkey is off the shoulder of Michigan. Getting that big blowout win last weekend. I think they roll over little brother here in Sparty. Michigan by double digits. Let me address a couple points. Utah <laughs> State. It's true. Sparty almost lost them. What team has increased more in your power ratings beginning of the year versus now than Utah State year to date? No, this, no. Appalachian State. That's it. This team is Utah State is an unappreciated juggernaut that Sparty took easy. And let's talk about that Arizona State game. We talked about how we were going to bet against Michigan State, not because Michigan State stinks, but because the spot was horrendous. The game ended at three in the morning. Eastern time in 95 degrees. Of course, Sparty wilted in the fourth quarter. We predicted it. I'm not counting it against them. If they win this game, which they would have, if it hadn't been 100 degrees in the middle of the night, then they'd be five and one. And this line would be three and a half. Ooh, that's interesting. So what you're saying is a loss for Michigan State that's the real eyesore was deceiving. Yes. The real eyesore was losing on your home field to Northwestern. 
I have two things to say about this game. One is I believe that you can bet Michigan the following way. If they're a big favorite, bet on them because Harbaugh is a bully. If they are a moderate favorite or dog, so it's a competitive game, I am not sure because they, they don't get to bully. I think at that point the driver is how athletic is the defense because Michigan has what I call a broken play offense. They have a very athletic quarterback. And wouldn't we agree last week Michigan's margin, at least again, the game got away in the fourth, but entering the fourth, it was really about the ability of Patterson to break some plays, right? Uh, he had an 80 yard run and, and the inability of Wisconsin's quarterback to make any plays. Okay. But I mean, if they, if Michigan hadn't scored that, I mean, what was the score going in to the fourth quarter? It was like that, 20 to seven, right? Yeah. Right around that. So if it's 13, seven into the fourth without that 80 yard mm-hmm. play. So let me ask this question. Does Michigan state have you know, top seven, eight in the country speed with their D-backs, I with, with their linebackers, with their defense. No. Yeah, yeah. and l- let's face it, Michigan State looked like a juggernaut on defense. Came into last week, number one rush defense in the country by far. Finally played a team in Penn State, has some speed, a semblance of a rush attack. What happened that Michigan State defense that was only allowing like 30 rushing yards per game allowed more than 200, and Michigan can run for more than 300 against Wisconsin. I think they can run for more than 200 against Michigan State. On the flip side, I don't think Michigan State can run on Michigan. And oh yeah, by the way, last 48 meetings between these two, the team that rushes for more has won 44 of those 48 games. All right, guys, it's about 500. Oh, last thing about Harbaugh. He smells. All right, next game. I hate to bring this up, but so if I win this, I win a thousand. No, no, I was betting. No, I was, I was. This was the oh, uh, okay. representation of the crossfire. Yeah, no, is going to hold on to that nine hundred. At least man. one bad question from Fez every no, podcast. No, 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 no. I so first of all, that's interesting. If yeah. I did fade you, it would be an additional one because it's everyone fading the best bet. It's the time I did it. There was one guy with the the best bet was on the same side. No, no, I was representing Brad. I got it. Okay. No, I wouldn't. uh, Again, I I think I know how to handicap Michigan. I've been, I don't think I've been wrong yet. No, I've been pretty good. I've been pretty good. Hi, Brad. Me a little bit here. (laughs) No, I'm not saying, you know, well, you're on Michigan. I think that you're in good shape here because my thought is. That Michigan State, that that kind of tenacity, like you know, it's almost like what we saw with Wisconsin. Last thing on this game, Michigan recruits well enough in the trenches, old school hardball style. Wisconsin strength wasn't going to be able to have any real edge over Michigan, so it was about one player breaking a few plays against a secondary that's completely decimated by injury in Wisconsin. Oh, maybe, but again, he wasn't throwing against them. Check your injury report right. for Michigan State. It's not going to look good for you, Fez. Right. But to me, Michigan State's one of those teams, like a San Antonio, not saying any rhyme with the coach from Michigan State, but hey, they're going to do everything right. They're going to be focused. They're never going to be flat. Well, this is the kind of game they're not going to be flat anyway. Michigan yep. State's off a big game, and it's a situation where let's give Harbaugh credit. I mean, I'm not a big fan. He smells. But I also think that he is going to get the details right. So all the little edges that Michigan State usually has, this is like two great, you know, or really good coaches, 
that's got all the bases covered, and it's about who's got the athletes. And obviously, Michigan has the athletes, right? Yep. So, Fez, if you have like a Spurs type team, or you know, you know the team I'm talking about, they do, you know, like the, uh, you know, Indiana was maybe at the end of Bobby Knight's, you know, in the mid 90s where they didn't have the best players, but they were going to have a couple trick plays going in bounds if it was late in the game kind of thing. Usually that works against the sloppier teams. If you have strength against strength when it comes to tacticians, then it becomes about athletes, right? So Michigan State, let's say that they, um, let's say there was an average coach coaching both of these teams. Usually that would hurt Michigan State the most, right? Because Michigan State usually has the better coach. They don't have the athletes, they have the better coach. In this case, in this case, are we sure that Michigan State even has the better coach? I think they're comparable. We're not sure. So what's the edge? The, the edge is just past history. It's almost like Tom Herman. Michigan State, when they are in an, in an underdog role, I've seen it again and again where they're out athletes completely. You know the Ohio State-Michigan State game. So often the spread is, is like enormous on these games. And But they, isn't that based on the other team? It's like a rivalry. Like They play a rivalry style against many teams that they have that they're inferior to because of tenacity, because of the coach, motivation, whatever. But do we really think Michigan's flat here? No. Doesn't but I, Michigan State rely on the flatness of the other team? They're not flat, but this it's not a one-way rivalry, certainly, but Michigan's biggest game of the year is obviously against Ohio State. Michigan State's biggest game Michigan, of the year is Michigan against Michigan. If Michigan loses today, this would be a dream-crushing loss. Big time. So do we really doubt their motivation? We don't doubt their motivation, but this is Michigan State's most important game of the year. So is this line seven or seven? It's seven and a half. Oh, wow. That went up, too. Oh. <laughs> yeah, Mackie. Uh, Mackie, make sure you get that right. Uh-uh. You didn't know that? No. Uh-uh. <laughs> Let's check here. We got one game left. Yeah. No, no, I mean, we got to yeah. do it. I just want to see if we can yeah, talk fast. I mean, let's just see what the line. If the market's at, that's fine. But if just the, you know, if it's not really that, maybe Fez will give you a break. Let's see. I mean, he is, uh, he does. I'm all right. <laughs> I mean, he's a, a very loving father, at least. So, I mean, maybe you just got to act more like a son, Brad. <laughs> I mean, what, you're 20 years younger than him, right? Yeah. I mean, Fez, if you would, listen, if you would have taken off Dungeons and Dragons one night, Got lucky, Brad could be your boy. I can confidently <laughs> say there is a zero percent chance that that's the truth. What does that mean? Are you like, you like you don't like Brad because he's from a farm? I no, mean, what? no, it means I did not get lucky in playing Dungeons and Dragons very often when I was nineteen. No, no, I'm saying the I'm yeah, saying you would have had to take off. you would have had to take the night off. Yeah. Well, I didn't. <laughs> Never have it. Did you? When did you get your license? When did I get my license? No, 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 Fred. Oh. <laughs> Brad, you're not half as yeah. interesting. <laughs> no, we'll, we'll talk about that off. No, how old were you? Oh, were you like 30 or something? No. How old were you? Oh, my God. This might be the first question you refuse to answer. What could it be? I'm going to I'm gonna talk about, like, like gun control if I have to answer that. Oh, we don't want that. <laughs> That's where we want to piss off half of Fez's clients <laughs> right off the go. Did you – let's not talk about you driving. Did you ever, like, it's Friday night, you're alone, you're 17, your hormones are raging. Did you ever just, like, take a walk and – 
like yearning, to, look yearningly into windows, just hoping someone might look out that you know and come out and talk. You know what hurts the most about that question is the utilization of the word yearning because in my fourth grade spelling bee, I'm embarrassed to say yearn is the word I got wrong and got knocked out of the spelling bee. How could how I not old know were how to, you? I was 10, fourth grade. And you still remember that? Yeah. But you won't tell us when you got your license. No. Should have been able that to spell. That got to be a hell of a story. Should have been able to spell. Now urine, listen, though. Fez. It's seven flat. It was seven when Brad said this looks like it's some kind of typo or something. I mean, it's not seven and a half anywhere. They're gonna. Oh. Win. Michigan State's gonna win outright because that's All what right. Michigan does. Is they choke. I'll take the plus. RJ's seven. got my back. All right. No, I just that. listen. I just want fair action exactly. here. I don't. Last thing I want. Listen, this is going to really pay for my vacation in July, all of this betting. <laughs> what vacation? So, I'll, 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 I'll bet take, the no. I'm gonna take, Where's the we'll button? Take, <laughs> I, I, I'm going to, listen, I'm going to take a week. Not a week. I'll really? Take, a week? No. But I'll take three days, and I'm going to spend my winnings. I'm, I'm going to spend my winnings from this, like in L.A. or something. And I don't. I just don't want you guys to get scared. I mean, at some point, you're going to realize how much the worst of this that you guys have and you're going to want to quit betting. So I got to try, you know, like in poker, sometimes you've got a, uh, you've got to kind of smooth over some conflicts because you know, you've got the best of it at a table, like a drunk guy's starting to get mad and there's a problem and, and, and he's, uh, you know, he's ready to leave and you say, Oh, settle down. I'll buy you a drink or whatever. Fez, you know what I'm talking about, Yeah, I right? tell those guys, boy, you got these guys right where you want them, don't you, Bobby? <laughs> <laughs> he is the dirtiest player. All right, last game, USC, Utah, USC favored by, no, check that, Utah at home, six and a half, Brad Powers' best bet. Yeah, I'm going to take Utah here as my best bet, minus the six and a half. And to me, it's about the home away disparities of USC. Some of the largest we see in college football. Perfect for USC at home under their head coach, Clay Allen, 19 and 0 on the road. Different story, barely above 500. And here's something that I've seen with their head coach, Clay Helton, who I would say is kind of questionable as far as a tactician when he's got the supreme athletes, no issues winning, covering the spread, especially at home. But when he's up against it, and in this game, USC is not only from a talent aspect, a little slightly better than Utah, but significant disadvantage as far as the coaching goes. Clay Helton's not somebody you want to back in the underdog role. How about this? Last 12 games as a dog, 1-11 against the spread. When you can't out-athlete the team, don't count on Clay Helton, the head coach for USC, to out-scheme anyone. That's not going to be the case here. Give me the Utes. Now, what do you think about the fact Utah went for two last year? <laughs> no factor there, but I think there is a little bit of revenge here for Utah losing a close game. Not nothing to do with the two, but but I do think the I do think the idea that it's the you know lesser school, you know, in conference, the you know the stepchild, however you want to say it, and the fact they're the favorite here. There's no chance. At all, when you have a big marquee program that's a dog, there's uh, and if the favorite isn't a marquee program, there's no chance at all that they're going to be not uh, that they're going to be flat. That Utah is going to be flat. Yeah, I mean, even though Utah's got two conference losses, the South Division's wide open here. If Utah wins this game, even if it wasn't, it's like you yeah. want to beat USC yeah. when you can. Utah has never won the Pac-12 South. They are the only team 
in that Southern division that has never won, this would be very, very important to them. I had to go punch up scripts in Hollywood. <laughs> if you can beat Hollywood, you beat Hollywood. Yeah. <laughs> Faz, you like the total on this game. Yeah, I'm about, I'm on over 48 and a half. And RJ, it's all about the metamorphosis of this Utah, the Utes offense, which was struggling so much early in the year. The last two games, they've hung 40 of back-to-back opponents playing faster. And I think what's happening is that the odds makers are setting this total based upon the year-long Utah numbers, not upon the most recent emergence of the offense. It's pretty strong. What do you think of the total, Brad? Yeah, I agree here. And here's the Utah team that really changed up schemes dramatically. They were a ground-and-pound team for a decade under Kyle Whittingham. Thought, hey, if we're going to take the next level, we got to start you know, going more up-tempo. They changed the offense corners and went to more up-tempo. Didn't really work out for them early in the season. We've seen it the last couple of weeks. How about their quarterback? On fire, 31 out of 40 for 400 yards the last two weeks. Got a hot team here. All right, guys, great stuff. Hey, we got a little bonus for you at the very end here in a sec. We got Dave Esler with a, uh, an added dot on the Oregon-Washington game. And real quick, Brad Power, shine today. All the college knowledge, follow him on Twitter, at Brad Powers, that's plural, seven, the number seven. And old Fezzy Wazzy, at Fezzik Sports, F-E-Z-Z-I-K, at Fezzik Sports. And I'm at RJ in Vegas. Don't forget straight out of Vegas. Check it out. Subscribe. Tell us what you think. We like the direction the show's going, but we love your participation. Here's Dave Esler. By the way, follow him on Twitter. Dave underscore Esler. E-S-S-L-E-R. Here he is. Talk to you with the NFL pod and college next week. All right. One thing I want to look at today that might not be factored in is home road splits and the Oregon Ducks. Oregon is three and eight against the spread on the road the last three seasons. You guys know I've never been an A-Bear fan. Well, in his career, the Ducks are two and six on the road with him under center. Last year, he only played in one road game. This year, they've only played one road game at Cal. Cal is not a tough place to play. Pullman, Washington is. Wazoo is undefeated at home last year. Only two Pac-12 home losses the last three years, both to Washington. They're 6-0 and against the spread this year. You combine that with a potential letdown for the Ducks after that overtime win against Washington, and I think Wazoo gets it done here because Oregon is not the same Duck team outside of Oregon. Thanks for listening to R.J. Bell's Dream Preview. Catch the Wise Guy Roundtable each week. College football released on Wednesday. NFL on Thursday. Don't miss any winners. Subscribe on Apple Podcasts or wherever you listen. Visit podcastone.com and download the Podcast One app. Have a question for RJ? You can contact him directly on Twitter at RJ in Vegas. Live the dream with us each week.